I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal. And this is your Peak Daily for Monday, March 28th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. So Jay, well, I guess it was yesterday was the Oscars. And I wanted to ask if you've seen any of the movies, if you have any favorites. I have seen some of the movies. I saw Power of the Dog. I saw TikTok Boom. I saw some of being the Ricardos, which makes you think how much I liked it. Yeah, so I've seen a bunch. What about you? I've seen, I'm looking through it now. I saw one of them, which was Don't Look Up, which I don't believe should have been nominated for Best Picture. And I think, but I, I feel like Power of the Dog is the favorite. What did you think about it? I thought it was great. I thought it was brilliant. And uh, the acting was superb. The setting, the whole thing was great. And I'd go with that. Although I did like Don't Look Up, so we disagree on that. I guess by, by Tuesday show, we'll be able to talk about winners. There's no one I trust more than the Academy. And so we'll let them decide which one was the best. And then they, <laughs> they're, they're, they're the professionals, right? And so we'll let them yeah. decide. Yeah, they've never shown any bias in anything that they do. Brett, aside from uh, the Academy of Motion Arts and Pictures, whatever it's called, what do we have for Peak Pals today? So for our first story, DMA. For our second story, new scams. And for our third story, more trade. For our first story, the EU is passing the Digital Marketing Act, the DMA a landmark deal that will curb the powers of tech giants like Google, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, and Microsoft. But that sounds like a stock portfolio. This goes back to the concept of the forced internet we were talking about last week. What is the DMA? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. We talked about this last week where you have kind of now different internets emerging. You've got the American internet and the Russian internet and the Chinese internet. And that looks like there's like a European internet that's regulated differently than everywhere else. Under this piece of European law, tech companies passing a certain threshold in value and audience will be required to implement platform changes and follow a new set of rules to increase market competition. Some highlights include democratized messaging. Messaging will have to work across platforms, meaning no more getting roasted if you are the only Android user in an iPhone friend group, which sounds very, very familiar to me personally. Yeah, I think I've done it to you on the podcast. Increased competition, <laughs> platforms must allow promotion from their competitors without favoring their own products or services. And user customization. Users must be able to delete pre-installed software and apps, hearkening back really to the US versus Microsoft days in the browser wars, Brett. Apple and Google lobbied intensely against the measures over the past year, arguing they will create unnecessary privacy and security vulnerabilities and potentially damage innovation and choice available to Europeans, respectively. Now, companies will face fines of up to 10% of their annual global revenues for violating the rules as much as 20% for repeat offenses. That's a big chunk because these companies produce billions and billions of dollars in annual revenue. This sounds like a, a very big deal, Jay, but why should Peak Pals in Canada care? Well, industry experts told the Global Mail the DMA will likely, quote, set the global standard, unquote, for tech competition rules, but Canada likely won't see any changes for a while. The country's tech regulation lately has been more focused on reining in streaming services to align with Canada's broadcasting rules. Think about Bill C-10 and updating outdated privacy laws, Bill C-11. So don't get your hopes up just yet, fellow Android users. You won't be in that group chat yet, but this is something to watch. And Brett, certainly 10 or 20% of global revenues is quite a fine. Yeah, absolutely. For our second story, according to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center, CAFC, romance scams are leaving Canadians heartbroken and broke, costing $64.6 million last year. Okay, Jay, so we talked about the Netflix movie, The Tinder Swindler. This is, looks like it's what happens in real life from that movie. What's going on? <laughs> well, so the CAFC, which is kind of a mouthful, released this report that provides a bunch of information on the types of scams that Canadians are falling for. Romance scams, the same type of scam we saw in that Netflix show, are causing some big problems with adults under 35, accounting for 5.7% of the romance scams, and more than that, 7% of the $379 million total that Canadians lost on fraud last year. 
Now, overall, the report found that younger adults are instead more likely to fall for fake threats. Examples of Canadian border services calls and fake jobs, so a call offering you some remote work opportunity. Uh, But older adults, obviously, uh, are more in line with the romance games. And a recent TD Bank survey found that 47% of Gen Z respondents said they felt vulnerable to fraud compared to 56% of millennials. Now, scammers may have older targets, but with Gen Z taking fewer preventative fraud measures, according to Equifax, it leaves them especially vulnerable. But it's not just robocalls and knockoff Romeos that want a piece of your funds. The CAFC's homepage lays out every scam to look out for, including some bizarre examples. (laughs) The first one being psychics. It starts with an offer for lottery number predictions, lucky charms, or removing a jinx, and ends in threats of being cursed if you don't pay up. Scary stuff. Weight loss, an ad for a free weight loss grant program promises to reimburse you for the program's fee once you lose the weight by a deadline, but they don't actually do that. And then Hitman. This is scary. You get a message saying someone has been sent to kill you, but you can cancel the contract and find out who's behind it for a steep cost. I'd probably just pay to be safe. <laughs> the most financially devastating reports reported scams for all age groups in Canada are investment scams, which are promising life-changing returns, which happen less frequently, but they're definitely more severe. And Jay, just to zoom out on why we should all care about these frauds. Well, if there's anything we've learned from the Tinder Swindler area, it's that fraud is severely underreported, but unfortunately, it's everywhere and growing. For our final story, Canada and the UK have begun negotiations on a new and approved free trade agreement that would encourage even more trade with Canada's third largest trade partner and lessen dependence on both countries' largest neighbors. I wonder if this means we'll be able to get more British sweets, Brett, which I kind of like, but what's the latest? I really like the like the twist can- uh, chocolates. Anyways, after Brexit rendered the old agreement between the two countries obsolete, Canada and the UK started working towards a new deal, one that would address topics like the environment and women's economic empowerment through trade. Canada exported around $13 billion to the UK last year, with precious stones and metals accounting for almost $9 billion of that, and imported over $6 billion. Heavy machinery made up the most of that, at a total of $1 billion. Canadian demand for imports from the UK is projected to grow by 45% by 2035. Now, Canada is continuing to try and diversify its trade strategy as both supply chains and one solid trading relations with major partners become unstable. Here's some examples. Well, relations with our biggest trade partner, the US, has been strained since 2017, when then-President Donald Trump tore up the North American Free Trade Agreement and have remained chilly since Joe Biden took over. And things with China are going much better. Relations with our second largest trading partner remain frosty following international legal struggles involving the arrest of Chinese and Canadian nationals. So, Jay, why do all these new trade talks matter? Well, they really do matter because despite some potential sticking points like the UK not allowing the export of hormone-treated beef from Canada, both sides have seemed confident that the deal will be done within two years. Now, following renewed trade talks with India, Minister of Economic Development Mary Ng is on a hot streak and could spell a future for broader trading partners and more positive economic opportunities really around the world, but especially, I guess, with the UK. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second one, follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at Read the Peak. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. Thank you, Brett. And Brett, I think you meant readthepeak.com, but I want to end with a note. We have a family of fans and one of the fans melissa tobenstein it was her birthday last week and i neglected to mention it on the pod so she's one of our biggest fans she listens every day with her kids miles and sienna so melissa happy belated birthday and miles and sienna be good for your mother today she deserves it happy belated birthday 